Hello, my Rebels. Today, I take you through a bit of an update on Rebel News. Uh, some new journalists we're adding. Some journalist legal fights we're in protecting our people. Some plans we have for civil liberties and some plans we have for some conferences. So very busy around here. Want to give you a bit of an update. Want to invite you to become a subscriber to rebelnewsplus.com. Rebelnewsplus.com. It's the video version of these podcasts. I like them. And uh, for the duration of the campaign, it's free. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com and type in the promo code election and Bob's your uncle. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, an update on Rebel News. It's September 1st, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon Ezra. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish is because it's my bloody right to do so. You know, that classic novel, Tale of Two Cities, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Yeah, these are just the worst of times. There's no two ways about it, but we're trying to make the best of it. Uh, I see that as doing a few things here, Rebel News, telling the other side of the story. That's our motto. By that, I mean telling the story that the mainstream media won't tell you, to show you that there are people with dissenting views, to show you that the official government narrative is not all roses, that things don't go as they say they do, that not everyone's happy with this. So telling the other side of the story, being a dissenter, an accurate chronicler of what's happening, I think is a very important mission. Defending our journalists is a secondary mission that helps with the first. Sometimes it feels like we spend more time defending our journalists and defending our right to do journalism than actually doing journalism itself. But I think that speaks to how terrible the times are. Once we can do those two things, tell our story and protect our journalists who tell our story, then we can do things like helping people, which has become a big part of what Rebel News does, especially over the last year. And finally, and I think this was sort of accidental, but it's happening, and I think we can do more of it, through our telling of the story and our defending of our journalists and through our helping of people, maybe we can be a central force, a kind of social institution where like-minded people can find consolation and maybe even a little bit of inspiration. So let me give you some news in each of these, I guess, mission statements, each of these objectives for our company. Uh, let me start with the fun news. My favorite part of running the Rebel is um, hiring new talent. Hiring is always more fun than firing, isn't it? When you hire someone, you're having the highest hopes. You think, this person could do amazing. Wouldn't it be wonderful if? And so I've had the great pleasure of hiring many wonderful people over the last year. And most of them have worked out very nicely, I think. I, I showed you some videos that Alexa Lavoie did the other day in Quebec. I think she's just killing it. She's doing great. Um, let me show you. I won't play the whole thing, but I want to show you a new rebel. He's so new we haven't even got his microphone flag to him yet that says Rebel News on it. New rebel in the United Kingdom where we have hundreds of thousands of our supporters. We just haven't had any boots on the ground in a while. And I used to fly over there all the time, but good luck doing that in the age of the pandemic. So here's our new guy in the UK, 
Lewis, take a look at him. This is Lewis Brackpool here reporting for Rebel News, where behind me, as you can see, we are here at the Freedom March. We've been seeing lots of these protests globally and all around the world at the minute, over in Australia, Canada, the United States, Germany, France, and many others. And here in London, it is extremely peaceful, as what I can see. I've seen no scuffles. There is a big police presence as well. Everyone's playing music and just enjoying themselves along the big march here. We have the numbers and we can win. And if we don't do that, we'll have a dystopia. We'll go like Australia. Turn off the stupid Car Carnation Street and the BBC and do some research. Our lives are being destroyed by the very people we are paying to govern us and they're not. You know, it could go one of two ways. You know, if there's enough people, we will get rid of this regime and we'll have our freedoms back. I like his style. I like his banter. And you know what? I think the UK, if you compare... Canada, the UK, and Australia is probably the freest of the three countries right now. It makes me a little jealous. So that's Lewis Brackpool in the UK, and hopefully we'll be doing more videos with him. Uh, one fella who's working full tilt for us now in Australia, who's based in New South Wales. That's the state that has the big city of Sydney in it. Um, he's doing great work there, and you might even recognize him from a streeter video where we just interviewed different people on the street, and he was so compelling that now he works with us. His name is Mario. Take a look at this. This is, again, just a clip of what he's doing. He's got a big report coming from a big trucker um, protest. They call them truckies down there. He covered a big trucker protest. We'll show you that later, but here's something that uh, Mario Malik did the other day for us. Hey there, Mario Malik here for Rebel News in Sydney. And before I begin, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has been supporting us over at sydneyreporters.com. Because of you, we've been able to secure some huge stories over the next couple of weeks, and we're excited to bring those to you. But we were also able to have a team on the ground at Victoria Park on the 21st of August. Yes! Mario. Mario. Oh my god, I love you, man! Yeah, you, you went shopping today. Did, did you get ID checked? Yeah, no, I didn't. I just checked in before. Both places. No, did did they think you were a protester? No. I mean, the outfit is just 100% protest. Like protest. <laughs> protest. You do so? I mean, those shoes? <laughs> and what started as a quiet morning quickly intensified when 1,500 police officers took to the streets to flaunt their new powers. No surprises there. That's been all over the news. But we were working alongside the mainstream media. We saw what they saw. We heard what they heard. We witnessed the arrests. But for some reason, that's where their story ends. And our one just begins. You'll remember that's in addition to a new team we have in the city of Brisbane. Remember Yasmin? We've got drums, we've got music, we've got chants. I feel like I'm at a concert right now, not a rally for freedom. This is not an attack on these guys as individuals. Abby, how's it going, bro? Rock me. We are one. We are one. We are one. We're not food. We are grandmothers. We are everyday people. This is what you cause people 
able to do just to live, just to live for goodness sake. TV and other news stations just don't show what really happens, so it's great that you guys are up here. I believe we've shut down the whole city. We've got police on bikes, in vans. We've literally got people in bars filming us on their mobile phones. I think we're going to fill up every platform tonight. There's an emotion, emotion. Just so move, this is Rebel News. I was working in a clothes shop last year and now I'm reporting the news. This is so we're pumping up again in the UK and in Australia. I hope we can manage them better than when we had this large global team before and, and it was a little hard to keep in touch through time zones and communication. We've improved our operations since then. We have an internal communication system called Slack. It's like a company-wide message system. Plus every day we have two Skype calls where we Skype people in our whole Rebel universe. So we have a morning call and then we have an evening call where we call the Australians too. So going forward, if things progress, we'll have two calls each day, but that means every day, every person in our company will be part of a team meeting. So I hope that works. I wanna let you know, because it's important, that those other jurisdictions pay for themselves. Now, most of our viewers are Canadian. We have uh, viewers of the Ezra Levancho who are from Australia and America and, us, and the UK too. I wanna let you know, uh, what's very exciting about these new enterprises, especially Australia, we just started again in the UK, so I don't know yet, but Australia does cover its own bills. And I want you to know that Avi Yamini and his new teammates are just great. And it is very useful, very important for us here in Canada to see what's going in, on in Australia. I point out that Australia is one of our future paths if we continue down this road of authoritarian government in the name of the pandemic. So it's very important for us to see Australia, not just to show Australia to Australians. So that's the happy news. More people joining Rebel News around the world. But of course, to support those journalists, we're often in legal battles. Let me show you a video from the aforementioned Alexa Lavoie, one of my favorite people. She's in Quebec and she's giving journalism there that they haven't seen before. And so wouldn't, it, wouldn't you know it, the police without a search warrant, without any cause, simply took something called an SD card. It's like a little hard drive with all her videos, grabbed it right out of her cameraman's camera over her objections. And she's really smart. She says, where's your warrant? Where's your search warrant? They said, we don't have one and we don't need one. Take a look at this shocking story from Alexa in Quebec. So I told the policeman that he had no warrant and no right to take our equipment. And he say he didn't need it. They even took the camera's bag, claiming they didn't know what was inside it. And so it might be dangerous. And the police took Keom's 2SD card from his camera. I say they cannot do that without the warrant. The cop, who obviously either doesn't know the law or doesn't care what the law is, arrogantly told me that I was a journalist and not a lawyer. We are going to go as far as we need to go to defend journalistic freedom.
because it is one of the most important rights in a free society. That makes me very mad. And of course, if we were the CBC or some left-wing group, there would be calls from across the spectrum for the police to stop bruising journalists, stop interfering with journalists. But we're Rebel News and we tell the other side of the story and the rest of the media is complicit with the establishment. I don't expect we'll find any allies, but, allies, but we are going to court. We've hired a French-speaking law firm to help us fight. So that was the news that Alexa had. And then yesterday, you might have received an email from me that the Trudeau-appointed Debates Commission, I think it's so weird that in Canada, the government runs an election debate in the middle of a campaign. How is that not absolutely a conflict of interest? They pick and choose who gets to participate. They pick and choose everything. They put Trudeau's fanboys on the panel, like Rosemary Barton is literally on the panel that's grilling the candidates. She is a selfie queen with Trudeau. Remember this picture? She's, she's literally in love with him. And as a favor to him, she sued, if you remember, the Conservative Party of Canada. How can someone like that be in this debates commission? Well, she is. And no surprise, I added it up. We actually applied to have 11 different journalists from Rebel News go to cover the debates. Sounds like a lot, but CBC and CTV will have more. Well, yesterday we received 11 rejection letters, uh, all of them very similar, but they actually personalized each of the rejection letters. They're about 10 pages long. They are spending an enormous amount of money keeping Rebel News out. In fact, as you may know, they drafted and crafted the rules, pretty much the keep Rebel out rules. I'll just take a minute with you on that. Um, one of the reasons they used to exclude us, and we're going to go to court, by the way, if you're wondering how this part of the story ends, we're going to court both for Alexa's SD card being stolen from her, and we're going to court to get the uh, Debates Commission to let us in. We won that battle last time. I don't know if we'll win it this time. One of the reasons they used for kicking us out was their rules say you cannot be an opinion journalist. That is, you can't publish an editorial about something about which you're also reporting. Okay. But that's not a thing. Opinion editorials, opinion journalists are journalists. We know that there's opinion sections in newspapers. They specifically ban anyone who endorses a candidate. Well, newspapers all endorse candidates in elections. It's a tradition. If you look through the list of members of the parliamentary press gallery, Paul Wells, John Iveson, you may know these names. They are columnists, they're commentators. Occasionally they do straight reporting, but most of the time they're giving their opinions. So how can they justify banning us for opinion journalism, for example, but let in dozens, hundreds of other journalists who obviously have an opinion? Well, the answer is a trick they played. They had all these very high standard rules. You're not allowed to engage in any financial activities like promoting a candidate or a point of view. By the way, we don't promote any political candidates, but they specifically say you can't crowdfund legal defense for people. What? There's only one company that does that in Canada, that's us. But I know for a fact that most journalists in Canada give money to election campaigns because they, they're part of Unifor, the union. And they're running these ads right now attacking Aaron O'Toole. So how can they say, Rebel, you can't come in because you have an opinion, but all these opinion journalists on the left can come in. And Rebel, you can't come in because you crowdfund through a charity to help people 
get a lawyer to fight civil liberties cases. What's that got even to do with a federal election? How can they ban that, but not ban journalists who spend money in an election campaign? Like there's no way to craft a law to keep rebel news out, but also let their friends in. Well, there is. Because they specifically say all these rules, these ethical rules we've just outlined, they only apply to independent journalists. If you're already an insider, if you're already part of the parliamentary press gallery, we don't examine you. We don't test if you're independent. We don't check how much money you've donated to political parties. We don't check if you've issued an opinion because we grandfather you. We exempt you, including a TV station from Vietnam, from Ukraine, from Russia controlled by Putin called Itartas. So you can actually be a foreign propaganda arm for Vladimir Putin. And that's not considered a conflict of interest. That's not considered advocacy or having an opinion. You are permitted to this debate at a Canadian election. But if you're an independent citizen journalist in Canada, you're banned. You know, the Americans have a word for that, bill of attainder. It's basically a law written to get one guy. Well, Trudeau wrote a law to get one media outlet, us. Be interesting to see if it holds up in court. We beat them last time, but boy, they're trying hard to keep us out this time. So we're fighting for Alexa against the government stealing her SD card. We're fighting for 11 reporters to help get them in. Like I say, journalism is our favorite part, but we have to defend our journalists' right to do things. But I also mentioned helping out people because we are in the worst of times. And we will have more um, to say in the days and weeks ahead about our project to fight these vaccine mandates. As you know, Ontario today announced that it will bring in vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, basically will forever lock down anyone who's not vaccinated. You won't be able to go to a restaurant, to a gym, to a meeting, to a conference. You won't really be able to live your life. It'll be like you're under house arrest, really. Millions of Ontarians perpetually in a lockdown. Obviously, we'll be challenging that. And by the way, um, and I'll, we'll get into this later on in the show, the Ontario government has specifically said they will not recognize most legal exemptions. So we're going to announce our 20 strategic lawsuits against vaccine mandates in the days ahead. But you know what we like to do here at Rebel News? We like to help out individuals as many as we can. That was our Fight the Fines project, where we defended more than 2,000 individual people. And soon tonight, in fact, in our next segment, we will introduce to you vaccineconsultations.com. And what do we mean by that? Ordinary folks can get a free... 30-minute consultation with a lawyer by filling out our form at vaccineconsultations.com. It's, it's just a 30-minute consultation with a real lawyer. Go to vaccineconsultations.com, fill out the form, and we will connect you. We, we've come to terms with two lawyers in Canada, and we've agreed to pay them to take 100 cases. And if we manage to crowdfund that, we'll do 100 more and 100 more like we did with the Fight the Fines. If you want to help us pay for this, feel free to do that at vaccineconsultations.com or if you need help. If your boss is forcing you to get a vaccine, if you are threatened with being fired, tell us at vaccineconsultations.com. We will put you in touch with a lawyer and give you a half hour consultation on our dime. We're going to crowdfund that. So I think that's our way of helping ordinary folks, not just the strategic cases, but as many people as possible. If I had my way, 
we could give hundreds, maybe even thousands of Canadians a half hour of legal advice. Um, well, let's start out with offering 100 and see if we could crowdfund that. By the way, you get a charitable receipt from the Democracy Fund if you donate to that. And finally, I said, in addition to telling the news, defending our journalists, and trying to help the world with civil liberties, we're trying to be a bit of a meeting place, a social institution, a gathering. And I want to tell you two events we got coming up. The first, as you know, on September 14th in Regina, we're having a big speech with our friend, Dr. Patrick Moore. That speech was planned two years ago, then COVID delayed it. It's happening very soon, September 14th in Regina. There's still some tickets left. It's going to be a great day. Go to reginaspeech.com. And we don't have all the details yet, and I really shouldn't announce it yet, but I want to let you know that on October 2nd in Calgary, we're having the Rebel Live, and we've already got some great speakers booked. I don't want to, I, you know, I really should wait till we have our website up so you can register, but that's coming October 2nd in Calgary. And I am working on something here in Toronto to see if we can get it going before the mass arrest deadline of September 22nd. So I'll keep you posted on that. I really want to do these community building events to give people some moral and social support because I really feel it in Ontario and I know Quebec feels the same way and British Columbia. They really are trying to demoralize us. And if we can be some sort of place where like-minded people can gather strength and happiness, I want to do that. Well, that's my monologue for today. Come back in a minute because we'll be talking with Victoria Solomon, our legal coordinator about the new vaccineconsultations.com. Stay with us. Hey, welcome back. Here's Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario, saying no way would he ever allow for the discrimination and the privacy invasion and the growth of the government surveillance state, no way would he allow for vaccine passports or vaccine mandates. Will your government provide an actual card or proof of vaccination? And if not, why not? Well, I, I've never believed in, in proof. Everyone gets their, their proof when they get the vaccination. You're right. Anything can be fraudulent, right down from money to uh, certifications. I, I just, no, we aren't doing it. Sim simple as that. Uh, and uh, we're, we're just going to move forward. Now, if it's federal, uh, getting across the border, that's up to the federal government. Um, we'll, we'll see what they decide to do. I'll be talking to the prime minister tonight. But uh, the answer is no, we aren't going to do it. We aren't going to have a split society. Well, that was then and this is now. And he's just another lying politician because today he introduced vaccine mandates. Take a look. Folks, please, the facts are clear. The vaccine is the best tool we have to keep people safe, keep our hospitals from being overwhelmed, and avoid further lockdowns. And that's why we're adopting an enhanced vaccine certificate. We'll hear from Minister Elliott and Dr. Moore shortly. But after in-depth discussions with their medical experts, we've landed on a vaccine certificate policy that is based on evidence and best advice. It's a policy with the following key principles. Vaccinations will be mandatory for certain indoor settings where the risk of transmission is highest because of masks aren't always worn, including restaurants, bars, and casinos, among others. Ford says that he doesn't want there to be another lockdown. So what he's done is made a permanent lockdown where millions of Ontarians are basically under house arrest. Here's a list of some of the places that Ontarians cannot go 
unless they prove that they're vaccinated. Our approach will focus on indoor settings with restrictions, including those where there are larger numbers of people and where face coverings can't always be worn. This includes restaurants, bars and nightclubs, gyms, meeting and event spaces, and indoor sporting events. Ford says the only exemption that he will allow are bona fide medical exemptions, even though Ontario's Human Rights Code says that there are other grounds for exemptions too. Here's Ford on that. We will accommodate legitimate medical exemptions and will be closely aligned with other provinces that have introduced similar policies while ensuring we design and implement a policy that makes sense for Ontario. Well, what can we do about this tyranny? It's not just Quebec anymore, and it surely will not stop with Ontario. I expect most provinces to knuckle under. Trudeau offered them a billion-dollar bribe to pay for their vaccine mandates and vaccine passports, and who knows what the pharmaceutical companies are offering, too. Well, we can do what we're already doing, putting together 20 strategic legal challenges. You know, we're crowdfunding a million dollar budget to fight 20 key cases across Canada. We've onboarded about four cases yet. I expect we'll make particular announcements in the next few days, in the next week or so. So we're gonna take 20 cases that we hope will have maximum chances of success. But as you know from our Fight the Fines project, there are thousands of Canadians, in this case there are millions, who are now in grave jeopardy. And we are getting probably 100 emails a day from people who are asking for help and so we've decided to help people without going the distance of filing a lawsuit for them, which could be tens or even over $100,000. We've decided to set up a special website called vaccineconsultations.com. And what we've done is we've negotiated with two lawyers in Canada, one lawyer in Ontario, one lawyer in the West, to pay for 100 legal consultations of about half an hour. So if you go to the website vaccineconsultations.com, we have written down seven common questions and our attempts to answer them to help you figure out where you stand in this dystopian world, legally speaking. And you'll notice on the right-hand side of the page, there's two more things. There's a form to fill out if you have particular questions. It's just like our fightthefines.com form, but this one is at vaccineconsultations.com. And you will be connected with one of these two lawyers, and we have come to terms with these lawyers to pay for a hundred consultations. And if it goes well, we'll extend the project. How we're going to pay for it? Well, we crowdfund these things, as you know. You can see on the page is a way to chip in to help cover the cost of these consultations. All donations will get a charitable tax receipt from the Democracy Fund. Well, joining us now in studio to talk about this project is the legal coordinator for Rebel News, who has actually been seconded. Uh, she used to work for Rebel News, now she works full-time for the Democracy Fund overseeing our civil liberties project. She's run the successful Fight the Fines project, helping more than 2,000 Canadians. And now Victoria Salman joins us to talk about our new project, vaccineconsultations.com. Great to see you, Victoria. Thank you, Ezra. I believe this is a very dark day. I believe that whereas the Fight the Fines project at worst, well, okay, it was a $1,000 fine, $2,000 fine. That's a heavy load, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't fire you from your job. It doesn't ban you from living a public life. It doesn't force you to be injected against your will. 
This vaccine mandate in Ontario and a similar one in Quebec, I think are the worst thing to happen to Canada since the Second World War. Yes, this is definitely an unprecedented attack on civil liberties and I'm happy we're doing this. I'm excited to see what we can do for people. You know, our viewers can detect a bit of a Russian accent. I know that you're originally from the former Soviet Union. And I just want to talk about that for one minute. We are going to get into vaccineconsultations.com. I'm a little bit familiar with the former Soviet Union, the police state, and the notion that um, wrong think can be medically solved. Mm -hmm. And if you think the wrong way, if you have the wrong opinions, you would be sent to, uh, you know, sent to a gulag or, or put under some form of house arrest. And then it must be a mental problem. I mean, I really feel like we're borrowing some of the authoritarian police state tools that we used to see in the Soviet Union and even Nazi Germany, and we're applying it in a free country. I find it atrocious. Yes, as these new mandates come out, I am really shocked to see them. And one, one thing that keeps popping into my head is I can't believe we're in Canada. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, you talking with me about that. Let's get down to business here. What we really want to talk about is how to help people. I just, I just wanted to point out that we are dealing with Soviet-style systems right here. Um, at vaccineconsultations.com, we have seven questions and answers that you've worked on. I'm not going to call this legal advice because we don't want to be the lawyer mm -hmm. for everyone, but we will pay for 100 consultations with actual lawyers for people. So let's go through some of the questions. Mm -hmm. And you and some of our lawyers drafted the answers. The first is, can employers force you to get a vaccine? Well, Ezra, employers have the right to mandate policies in their workplace, but these policies have to be lawful. So they have to be, uh, not, they have to be not in contravention of any law, including human rights legislation and the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms where applicable. So um, this is why I'm glad that we're setting up this consultation process so that our lawyers can review these policies and see if they're indeed in compliance with the law. So if I, if I can expand on that, <clears throat> and I hate this answer when people give it to me, it depends. Exactly. It depends on what they're requiring, what your position is, mm -hmm who they're allowing to be exempt, what accommodation they're making. So really every case is different, which is why we're paying for 100 consultations, because what do they actually mm -hmm. say? Are they actually forcing you? Is there a way out? Those are all relevant questions before there's a, mm -hmm. before someone could give legal advice. That's right. right. And each, each province has its own human rights legislation. So this is why it's difficult to give general advice. We have provided some um, legal information on our side uh, to answer questions that frequently come up, mm -hmm. but it's definitely fact dependent and it's mm -hmm. depending on which province you're in in some cases. Yeah. This next question, and you can follow along on our website for yourself, vaccineconsultations.com. Um, this is my favorite and most hopeful part of it, mm -hmm. which is what exemptions are there? Um, the one exemption Doug Ford claims he will respect mm -hmm. is for medical reasons, like mm -hmm. if you have an allergic reaction to a vaccine, for example. But there are other exemptions, and they really are different from province to province. Mm -hmm. Why don't you give us some examples? There should be an exemption on religious grounds, and that exemption exists in human rights legislation in every province. But then there are other provinces that include creed, in, in uh, their human rights legislation and political belief. 
And on our website, we list those provinces and we provide links to human rights legislation so that people can go and check it out for themselves and see which province they're in and see what exemptions will apply to them. Yeah, um, and I think that's very interesting because if, if your religion bars you from it, but religion has a certain definition. Creed is more expansive. Mm -hmm. Creed comes from the Latin for I believe, credo. And so it's a larger belief system. I think in Ontario, vegetarianism has been considered a creed. And then in some provinces like Manitoba, there's political belief, mm -hmm. which is very expansive. That, that's almost anything. So some provinces give you more rights than others to push back against a vaccine mandate, don't they? Yes, and as, as this matters come before human rights boards and tribunals, we will see the take that um, they will, you know, how they will interpret this in terms of uh, mandatory vaccination policies. But right now the law is in a state of flux. Yeah. This is very new. And again, this is why it's our our consultations and advice are general because it really remains to be seen how the courts and the tribunals will react to this mm -hmm. situation. I'm very pessimistic, I should tell you. The next question mm -hmm. is the Charter of Rights. Everyone's heard of the Charter of Rights. It seems like Justin Trudeau is shredding the Charter of Rights. He really doesn't care about it. Um, in fact, he's trying to pit us against each other and pit the government against minorities. That's, that's what he's doing. Uh, Doug Ford's the same way. The Charter of Rights, though, that only limits government actors, not private companies, right? Yes, and unfortunately, a lot of people um, have a misapprehension about the application of the charter. They think that it applies to their situation, but unfortunately, it applies only to government action. It does not apply in the private sector. So um, as governments keep coming out with mandates, the charter will apply to the situations that are mandated by the government. But if, let's say, the government does not mandate employers to have vaccination policies, and employers are just coming out with those policies on their own, which is what you know we've been mostly seeing, um, then the charter will not apply to their situations. So their recourse would be under the human rights legislation and the human rights tribunals. Yeah. And commissions. Um, there's a couple other questions on the site I won't go through. One is, can you work from home and still be forced to take the vaccine? Maybe just touch on that for one second. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, this would be unreasonable and I, I don't think I don't think it should be done. But again, it remains to be seen yeah. how this will be applied. Yeah, I mean, all of this is new territory mm -hmm. and it's happening so quickly. No judge has shown any courageous dissent so far, but maybe this is too far. Who knows? I don't know if there are any independent judges left. As I was saying earlier today, um, judges are typically older people in their 60s or even 70s. So they're probably a little personally worried about the vaccine. And, you know, I, I think they're the worst demographic to make the choice, especially to mandate vaccines for people in their teens and 20s who are at very low risk. I'm very pessimistic about judges, but it's yet to be seen. Um, I'm going to skip ahead because there's a lot of questions that people can read for themselves at vaccineconsultations.com. And I propose that people go there and poke around a little bit. But there is one last question. I think it's an important one I want to ask, which is people who work for a union. Mm -hmm. If you're an employee at a, at a restaurant, you have rights as an employee. Mm -hmm. You can make your own decisions and fight if you want. But if you're part of a union, a government union, 
an airline union, a nurse's union. You have to work through your union, right? Yes, um, the unions have their own procedure. And you've given up your individual rights because you're collective bargaining, right? That's right. So it really depends on the position that your union takes. If your union is anti-mandatory vaccination, then you're in a good position. If your union supports the employer and they are pro-mandatory vaccination, then you have to go through the union process and grieve with the union, ask for accommodation, see what kind of exemptions are there, which is what you should be doing uh, even you know, if, if you're employed in a non-unionized environment. So when it comes to unions, you have to go through the union process first, but at the same time, the unions have a duty of fair representation. Mm -hmm. So if you feel that you're not being represented fairly, you can file a complaint with an applicable um, labor relations tribunal. So if it's provincial, it would be provincial. If it's federal, it, it would be federal. And um, you know, see what you can do there. Maybe have a lawyer write a letter to the union on your behalf, and we'll definitely be exploring this um, with our lawyers and uh, in giving consultations to people who sign up with our program. Right. I mean, the whole phrase "collective agreement," "collective bargaining." Many people join together, and there's a strength in numbers. That's the whole uh, idea of a union. But what if the union bosses say? We're on the side of the, the government here, like Unifor. Mm -hmm. They've said, we love vaccine mandates, whereas the Toronto Police Association, the police union, is against them. So if you are in a union that is pro-vax, you have to battle your own union either legally mm -hmm. or follow your union bylaws. Call an emergency meeting. I mean, uh, there are some things that lawyers can help for, but actually, if you're a union member, you have to sort of organize. And I think that a lot of these unions, I mean, in the United States, I think the Postal Workers Union has come out against this. Um, like a lot of big unions that actually care about their members, that are very member oriented, have come out against Vax Passports in Canada and the United States. This is the test. I think will Air Canada's union come out against it? Will nurses unions? Um, you're going to lose 20, 30 percent of people in the healthcare business uh, with forced vaccinations because people just won't take them. Yeah. I, I, this is terrifying times. Well, listen, Victoria, as usual, you're doing a great job. Um, you are the one who came up with the idea of these consultations, and we are going to see how it goes. We have negotiated a bulk rate yeah. with these lawyers to pay for 100 consultations. But you and I know that we get almost 100 emails a day, oh, yeah. a day. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm very happy that we're doing this because now we can truly help our uh, and you're getting uh, people like, that are if, like <laughs> writing you, to us. You get so many emails a day, you would do nothing <laughs> I, but reply if you did. But, we, do. but um, we, we can't be the law firm ourselves, mm -hmm. but we can farm these out to lawyers. Let's try and crowdfund 100 consultations. And I'm glad we're doing this, and um, I'm glad we're working with some of the lawyers that have been successful with our Fight the Fines project. Right. I think as we keep going, we get smarter, we get stronger. I think it's, I, I feel that it's similar to Fight the Fines. Yeah, because this beginning. is the bulk program. Yeah. The 20 strategic lawsuits, mm -hmm. that's different. That's curated, mm -hmm. carefully chosen. Mm -hmm. But if you are a regular Joe or a regular Jane in a mm -hmm. regular company and you need help, Hopefully this will be a good project. And I want to say to folks out there who don't need help, 
well, we need your help because we're going to try and crowdfund this. I have agreed, I'm not going to tell you the rate of pay that we've agreed to pay these lawyers, but I have agreed that we will go for the first 100. But I need your help to crowdfund it. I'd like to go for another 100. And another, I think we're going to, I think there's going to be thousands of Canadians who need legal advice. We're probably going to have to get more lawyers. Yes, and if, if you're listening and you're a lawyer and you would like to take part in our project, please contact us. It would be nice to have more people on board who yeah. are like-minded. We definitely need help. Yeah, and you can do that by email at legal at rebelnews.com or through the form on vaccineconsultations.com. So there you have it, Victoria Salman. She's great. She's overseen the Fight the Fines project. Now we're doing the 20 specially selected vaccine mandate lawsuits. But for the people, for the, the large number of folks who need help, we've set up vaccineconsultations.com, free half hour consultation with lawyers. We're gonna splurge for the first 100. And if you can help us crowdfund it, we'll just keep growing it. I mean, theoretically, we could have thousands of legal consultations. I don't wanna get carried away, but we did that with Fight the Fines. Yeah, over 2,000 people now in the program. This is what I got. I don't know if it's going to work. I feel like we're in terrible times. I just know if we, don't, if we don't do this, I don't know who will. I'm racked with stress and pain over what's happening to our country every day. I take it personally because it affects me personally, but it also is part of the mission of our company. And the mission of the Democracy Fund, thank God they're around, is civil liberties litigation, civil liberties education. So thank God we were able to, through the Democracy Fund, give charitable tax receipts for your help. So let's close it there. The website is live. Go poke around, vaccineconsultations.com. There's a lot of information on that site right there. And if you want a consultation, fill out the form and we will connect you with a real lawyer who will talk to you privately and give you a half hour consultation and hopefully that will steer you straight. Victoria, thanks. Thank you. All right, folks, stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back on my show last night. Greg writes, the 1,250 stranded must be conservative or PPC supporters. Well, if you're over there in, in Afghanistan, you might be a military contractor or you might be an aid worker or a charity worker. We don't know who they are. I was shocked that it was that high a number of Canadians talking about Afghanistan and being abandoned. Ryan writes, is anyone surprised Trudeau still hasn't got the two Canadians being held in China home? That's a very good point. I, I just don't think he cares. The only Canadian he really cared about bringing home was Omar Khadr. That tells you something, doesn't it? That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rubble World Headquarters, good night. Keep fighting for freedom. Thank you.